Thanks for tuning in to Start With Scripture, a Hesed Heart podcast. I'm your host, Audrey Grove, here to bring you scripture reading and application that can fit into your morning routine and your busy schedule. Learn more at hesedheart.com. Good morning, my friends. Paul didn't make us wait long before diving into some meat in this letter. So I hope you are ready. We are going to dive in. And honestly, like, (laughs) he writes this ridiculously long sentence. I don't even know that we're going to get through the whole thing today. And I don't normally love to do that. But I also want to make sure that we are diving into each portion of this sentence. And then as we build, we're obviously going to read the whole thing together if we do it again tomorrow. (laughs) So let's go ahead. We're going to read the whole thing. We're going to go ahead and look at some context surrounding this from later in 1 Thessalonians, but also from another letter that Paul wrote to the believers in Philippi. So let's go ahead. Let's dive in. Let's read this really long sentence. And if it's overwhelming, that's okay, because we're going to go back and deep dive in. So we are in 2 Thessalonians, chapter 1, verse 5, and I'm reading from the ESV. This is evidence of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be considered worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are also suffering, since indeed God considers it just to repay with affliction those who afflict you, and to grant relief to you who are afflicted as well as to us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. That was it. That was all in one sentence, (laughs) y'all. Verses five all the way through verse eight on one sentence. That felt like it had so much in there. So we're going to go ahead and get started. But first, to understand why he's addressing this, let's skip forward a little bit to chapter two, verses one and two. He wrote, now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and are being gathered together to him, we ask you, brothers, not to be quickly shaken in mind or alarmed, either by a spirit or a spoken word or a letter seeming to be from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. So basically, there was this false belief that the day of the Lord, Jesus' second coming, had already happened. This was being taught in this church. That Jesus already came again, so of course that's going to incite panic. What are you going to think? That's what we were all hoping for. So he's saying, we don't want you to be shaken in mind or alarmed by this belief that is being taught and shared. So with that in mind, that context, this is the belief, the false teaching he is trying to combat actively through this letter. And that's why he's talking about this. So with that in mind, we see the beginning of this sentence. He said, this is evidence of the righteous judgment of God. And to be honest with you, I was like, what is evidence? This doesn't make a lot of sense. And to know that, we actually have to look back a verse. So in verse 4 that we heard yesterday, he wrote, Therefore we ourselves boast about you in the churches of God for your steadfastness and faith in all your persecutions and in the afflictions that you are enduring. And so he's saying this is evidence. And to better understand or to even understand deeper, 
We're going to go ahead and head over to Philippians chapter 1, verse 27 through 30. And here again, Paul writes, Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation and that from God. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. Engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had and now hear that I still have. And so we're not going to dive too deep in this. We'll do that when we get to this book. (laughs) But we, we see here that he's saying that they are standing firm, right? And they're not frightened by their opponents. He also talks about this idea that they are also suffering for his sake. It has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake, engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had. So here again, he's talking about this being evidence. He said, this is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation and that from God. So he's talking about this evidence when it comes to opponents, when it comes to a conflict, when it comes to a struggle, to a challenge, to suffering for the sake of Christ. And so because of all the similarities, we can use this verse to understand what we're reading in 2 Thessalonians. He said, this evidence of the righteous judgment of God that you may be considered worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are also suffering. This is evidence. And honestly, it sure seems like their steadfastness in the face of persecution is evidence. Whether it's the persecution, whether it's the steadfastness, whether it's both. We see both of those elements, both in that section in Philippians, right? They were standing firm in one spirit, And they were suffering for Christ's sake, engaged in the same conflict. And here, the verse before this, in 2 Thessalonians, he said, Your steadfastness and faith in all your persecutions and in the afflictions that you are enduring. So that steadfastness in difficulty, this is evidence of the righteous judgment of God. That you may be considered worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are also suffering. They're suffering for God's kingdom. Not that God causes it, but because of our broken world, because of sin that has entered into the hearts of people and then their free will, affliction is going to happen. Persecution is going to happen to God's polarizing truth. And he's saying, just like Christ, (laughs) just like Christ, we look at his life, right? He died because of persecution. He faced persecution, his whole ministry. And so just like Christ, this evidence, the persecution we're facing is actually evidence that Jesus is who he says he is and that God is a promise keeper. And then it is evidence of a righteous judgment of God that will be coming again. 
And he says that you may be considered worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are also suffering. We are only worthy in Christ. And so I know that was a lot. It was only the first little section of this sentence, but we're going to deep dive into more tomorrow. But remembering that troubles, (laughs) difficulties, challenges, obstacles, people persecuting you, being cruel or rude or mean to you, that can actually be an evidence of God's work, of God showing up, of him working in you because Christ was persecuted too. Keep that in mind, and I will see you tomorrow morning.